Hello, listener. Um, you'll probably be wondering why, number one, this podcast is a little later than usual, or you probably already know. So we're just going to get this out of the way nice and early. We're going to keep it light, and then we're going to move on. But uh, last week, some pretty significant world news happened. And as an American football fan, a fan of an English sport that is widely neglected here in this country... I found myself very confused, a little frustrated, and then ultimately came to a place of understanding. When you've adopted a sport that you're not raised in, that isn't necessarily appreciated by this country, what you need to understand is you're also adopting the culture that that sport lives in. And it's very important for us as Americans to understand why the Queen's passing delayed our beloved sport. And I know we have a lot of American listeners that are probably wondering the same questions I was wondering. And luckily, two of my closest friends are English, Irish, people who were born and bred into that culture. So I'm not going to bang on much more than this. I'm going to kick the ball over to them and let them kind of give us some context for why we lost the Premier League weekend, why it's important that we recognize this, whether we agree with it or not, this is a culturally significant thing that we have to just take note of. So I understand your frustration. I was frustrated too, but it's important that all of us come to this understanding that our culture is not the end-all be-all. There are other people in the world, and we have to respect that. So Neil, Tom, can you give us some insight into why the Queen's passing delayed our Premier League weekend? Well, firstly, you know, condolences to the royal family, and um, and yes, it was a, a, a seminal moment in in my life. Um, it, it's something that transcends politics. It's something that transcends sport. Um, she was a figurehead for people around the world. Um, Rightly or wrongly, in terms of events that happened in her lifetime, and rightly or wrongly about what you feel of the accumulated wealth of the royal family, the Queen was a good and decent person who always put duty before anything else, and she was the moral compass of the country. Yes, she was technically the head of the Church of England. Yes, she was the head of state. But she was just an overall good person. There's very few mistakes that she made. Um, unfortunately, very publicly, a lot of people um, remember her not lowering the flag um, when to half mass when Diana died. Um, you know, Diana wasn't was her estranged daughter-in-law at the time. So if you think of it from she a human, she wasn't royalty. She wasn't royalty exactly. If you take it from a human aspect. Um, that's kind of understandable, but a lot of people shot to... But other than that misstep, she, she lived a flawless life. Um, she was a mechanic in the Second World War. She welcomed 27 different prime ministers, uh, from Churchill to our most recent um, Liz Truss. Less said the better. Um, and so... Sorry about the political commentary. The uh, She was the head of the FA, the Football Association. And had been for many, many years. She what, was, is that, what does that mean? 
for us. It, it, it doesn't mean a whole lot. She was a figurehead as the, there. She didn't love the sport of football. She didn't. Um, okay. She was a horse racing nut. Everything was about horses. In fact, uh, it, it was regularly said that when she met with Churchill, um, they spent more time talking about horses than they did about politics. And drinking so, scotch. <laughs> there's even pictures of her and Reagan on horseback. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay. So, okay. Interesting. but she was so interwoven in every aspect of life. We we talked about it earlier that you know she's printed on all the coins. She's printed on all the paper money. Seventeen countries. Seventeen countries. She's um, her initials are on every post box in Britain. Um, she she's just pervasive in our life. And for somebody, uh, you know, seventy years on the throne was never intended to be queen. She only became queen after her uncle abdicated the, the, the throne and her father became king and he never wanted it either. Um, so, so yeah, just it's just woven into the fabric. Uh, do I think the game should have been cancelled? No, no, I don't. Do I think the queen would have wanted the game to cancel? No, I do not. Um, I did hear, and I actually put some credence in, I did hear that the games were cancelled because, particularly in Liverpool... Liverpool is not a a city that is particularly fond of the establishment. They're scouts, very, not English. Well, yeah, but for very good reasons, they're, they're not fond of the establishment. Not necessarily the monarchy, mm-hmm. but I'll say it this way, the Thatcherite Conservative government did the did Liverpool dirty, and Liverpool hasn't forgotten. Yeah. And so... That, the, by the way, guys, that that is probably something we're going to touch on in a later episode if you're not already familiar with the city of Liverpool and their issues with the English government going back to World War Two. Yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough one. I, I get that they, the last thing the FA wanted and the last thing the Premier League wanted was people roundly booing um, the passing of the Queen. There was a couple of shouts at the Liverpool game this week. There was actually, sorry, on Twitter, no, there it. was loads of, like, if you're not going to be respectful, yeah. don't be involved. Stand in the concourse until it's over, and then come to your seat. Which is fair. Yeah. And as an Irish person who has lived in the UK for however long before moving out here, the royal family is everywhere you go, right? Money, is there an American equivalent to what the royal family is? The Vanderbilts probably back in the day. All right. So, so there's nothing relevant today. Bill no. Gates. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't mourn Bill Gates, though. We, we talked there's about, nothing really even close. Right. That, 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 right. Yeah. We talked about this briefly, I think, at the pub on Tuesday. Um, her passing is like a family member has died on you. Right. But it's like a family member you've never met, but they've always been present in your life. And yeah. even for me, it's like, oh, that's really sad. I, I kind of miss her. Um, it's very weird. Yeah, it is a yeah. weird feeling. I've only ever known a queen. You've yeah. probably only ever known a queen. Yep. And, 52, 1952. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, 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 you've known a few, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Only in the clubs in New York, but it's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> so much needed levity. Thank you, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> what you get up to on Saturday night is your business. <laughs> That's what he, she said. Oh, my. <laughs> Tom, any other thoughts on this? Um, you were saying something very sweet and we ruined it. Condolences to the royal family, um, first off. But yeah, it's a strange thing. It's We all knew it was coming. It, it's been on the cards for at least two years that her health yeah. has been declining. Um, but yeah, it's it's this little feeling of like, oh, it's like someone, someone is missing from that piece out of your puzzle life. Right. Um, and yeah, it's one of those things of like, what's next? 
Yeah, long, uh, long live the, queen, the king, I suppose. Long live the king. And I, I, the sentiment in Britain has it, it ebbs and flows. There are times when the monarchy is revered, and there are times when the monarchy is reviled. And Charles has certainly experienced that in his lifetime. Um, he wasn't a very good student, and he was criticised heavily for his poor academics. He wasn't particularly good in the military, and he was criticised for that. What uh, is he good at? <laughs> well, he's not good at... He, he hasn't hopefully, had the, hopefully being king. <laughs> he hasn't had the ability to actually demonstrate being good at... He's actually a very good artist, I believe. Um, uh, so, the problem with the royal family for the, for them is... They're expected to be the best at everything, and the they're expected to be the model of everything you want to be. And and the fact is, you know, he he was a child with ridiculous rules that governed every aspect of his life, and now he's seventy year old years old and has finally got the job he's waited his entire life for. And it's amazing. Yeah. Even a seventy-three-year-old can get his first job. Exactly. And you know, all jokes <laughs> aside, he's seventy-three years old. There, there was comments this week about the pen leaking and his reaction to this bloody pen. But I don't think he said it in a northern accent like that. No. But, uh, <laughs> same sentiment. More stiffer upper lip. <clears throat> but but the the guy's seventy years old. His mother's just died. He spent the last seventy-two hours. Traipsing um, from Scotland from to Scotland London, to, London, 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 to exactly. Northern Ireland, to Northern Wales, Ireland, back to London, Sorry. to Wales. Yeah, yeah. He's been all over the place. Gosh, I get out of breath walking up the stairs these days. Yes, I'm so old, but what you're saying is <laughs> he's had no time to mourn. Yeah, he's had no time to be consoled by his family, and he is now being thrown into a job that he... nobody could ever prepare for. No, yeah, sounds like a dreadful way to live. But it's more they had to do all these processes so quick that he literally is being whiplashed and and then people are criticizing him for it yeah that's so so you know difficult to now hear. on on monday when the funeral is we might actually see some emotion from him at the funeral and people might actually fall on board and go oh, actually you know you he's, know he's human you know what i don't think we will see emotion because he's really has been trained that he's not meant to show it um and he's going to get roundly criticized again for it wow. so so anyway, uh, enough said. Disappointed that the Premier League didn't go ahead. Lots of other sporting events did, rugby and they did their tributes. In, yeah, rugby golf. and cricket. Yep, golf. they all did their tributes in the wrong way. Um, I don't think they should have cancelled it. Um, the FA didn't make as big a disaster as some other um, people did. Centre Parks, a big holiday resort in England, made was, was going to make everybody leave their place and then come back the next day because we're closing in respect to the Queen. That was a big HR nightmare. Um, big uh, publicity nightmare, sorry. Um, so... The FA handled it okay, but yeah, I mean, they, the game should have gone ahead. I it, the the way I looked at it, and we we can close with this because uh, we do have some other things to talk about. The way I thought it would have made the most sense is okay, yeah, I understand the moment of silence. Play the song. Play the song. How long do you think the song is? It's like two minutes. Two minutes. That's two minutes where everyone stops doing what they're doing. You've got millions of eyes on these games every single weekend. That would be a really great way for people yeah. like me who have no contextual understanding of what the Queen is other than it's just kind of that thing that they do in England. And well, it's they weird. could have done lots of things. They could have done like an 
homage to her life on the big screens at the stadium. You know, they could have shown this the World War Two. Well, and Henderson is uh, our first match back. I believe they've already said, or did this happen on on Tuesday? And I missed it. Uh, he's bringing a wreath out to the center of the field. Uh, unfortunately, on the broadcast, they didn't show any of the pregame. Yeah. Okay. But I do believe they yeah. um, did a little um, uh, honor himself, um, and I can't think of the captain of the ladies' team off the top of my head. But both. Oh, went, she was there as well. They both went and signed a book of condolences. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. 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 And there was a lot more other things, but um, yeah. As for the funeral on Monday, um, we're we're playing first of October. We don't play, but there are games in London. Yeah, we were meant to be playing Chelsea, yeah. and um, you know the games off um, because of the policing strain. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's other games in London that are going ahead, which is a bit weird. I, yeah, but, um, I don't understand Leicester. how they chose that. Brentford Arsenal. I yeah. guess that's not something we should be splitting hairs over. Is Further frustrating. Yeah, who knows? And then United Leeds is off um, because the Greater Manchester Police have been called in to, to help in the event. And uh, you usually need a lot of police to police a Leeds uh, Man United game too. So yeah, um, so yeah I you know, understood. <laughs> they're, um, they're pretty old rivals. <laughs> yes, they are. I mean, I wondered whether that game was cancelled because there can be trouble, and they didn't want any trouble coinciding with the that days of sense. morning. That's bad but, PR. Uh, yeah. So as I say. Um, didn't think the FA handled it brilliantly, but um, I am looking forward a lot to the uh, um, football being back on again. Yeah, can't wait. Um, all right, guys, thank you very much. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, listener. Thank you for joining us once again on episode 8 of the Come On Red Men podcast, where this week we discuss all things Champions League, starting with the dreadful result in Naples, where Liverpool fell 4-1, followed immediately by the much more uplifting 2-1 victory at Anfield against Ajax. We return to the Premier League after a brief hiatus due to the death of the Queen. And we finish off with chaos in Chelsea, the sacking of Thomas Tuchel, stealing the flavor of the week, Graham Potter in a record-breaking manager transfer from Brighton. Here we go. Uh, The first thing we have to discuss is... It's been over a full week since we last talked to you, so that means we have to address the bloodbath in Naples. Uh, arguably the worst performance I, I know I've seen, at least under the Klopp era that Liverpool had. I'm not sure what's more sad, the death of the Queen or Liverpool's performance in Napoli. I know what it is for me. <laughs> I know what it is for me. <laughs> God Tom. save the king. <laughs> Tom, why don't you uh, take us through, uh, just wade us through those dark waters. Yeah, lots of waiting. Um, (laughs) um, We were horrible, is the only way I can describe it. Um, We were not on the top form. Napoli came out of the blocks and they just wanted to fight us. Every aspect of that game. As it should be. Yes. They were very good. We just sat back and waited and waited and still we did nothing for 90 minutes. Yes, we got a goal, but we didn't... 
we didn't show promise. The only player on that team that deserved to be on that team that day was Diaz. I was going to say Diaz. Yeah. Who did we play early in the season? Leeds. Who did we draw with early in the season? Fulham. Fulham. It was Fulham. Thank you. And it was some team in white. But um, but yeah, it, it was similar that game. I, I felt that. I felt that we just. We felt as though we we deserved to be there. We're we're Champions League. What, four in six years and um, four finals in six years where we were in the final last year ah this is just Napoli you know I just and it was the same thing with Fulham no I get second it second in the league we don't have to turn up against these guys who are newly promoted it's just that lackadaisical attitude uh, yeah I totally understand it was like we are Liverpool we we are Royalty, yeah, right. We belong here. No, no, no. <laughs> we belong here. We'll play our game and you'll play up to us, not the other way around. And we stood there like 12 o'clock half struck. Yeah, it was we did nothing. It's atrocious. Trent was the worst player on the field for me by far. Ooh, no, I can't agree. Well, well, there, Milner there also had a pretty bad game. Gomez, I was gonna and say, I, and, and no, but no, Gomez had to do the job of two people. So no, I don't I give him as much shit. But he got but pushed so off the was ball Trent. Trent. So Trent was also. It's like both of them had to do a job and a half. Also, Fabinho had, had a really bad game. Yeah. There was way too much standing around and not winning a second ball. Standing and watching, we literally stood and watched their players waltz by us and put the ball on the post, off the line, and in the net. Yeah, it looked like they were stoned. Like they they look stoned on the pitch. Don't know what that means. Oh, I'm um, not sure. So when you ingest <laughs> THC, whatever your preferred method, you tend to slow down. Yeah, they did. Oh, they did look like that. Yeah. I know. I know. It's a new so, concept for this group. You mean like our last episode? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all seem a bit stoned. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. Sorry about that. <laughs> We're still working out the kinks, guys. But. I, like I don't really have any positives other than Diaz. Elliot had a pretty good effort. Um, uh, Elliot got smoked on. I mean, and to be he, fair to Elliot, he is—he's been the most passed midfielder. I mean, yeah. uh, his stats are atrocious. I won't get into the nitty gritty of that. Interesting. But, oh, that's yeah, good. He, but he's not. He plays his midfield role like a winger. He plays like he's playing up front, which can be a good thing. But you can't really fault him for that because he's out of position. I agree. For what he knows up to this point, he's, he's I, what, 19? I agree. Yeah. He should be in the position Salah is in. He is not a midfielder. He's right. not a natural midfielder. Right. Um, he was taking Thiago's place. Right. And having Thiago back for the Ajax game, which we'll get into later, showed how much more control we had. We never even had control of the midfield, which means... They were just chipping over our defenders, and that's where a lot of their chances came from. Um, the simple one-two around Trent and Fabinho, who, they were just standing there going, oh, they scored. There's literally replays of Trent just standing there watching. And Fabinho. Yeah. At, yeah, it's ridiculous. So, in fairness, though, the Liverpool system only works if you defend from the front. And I mean you defend from the front with a front three pressing hard, the midfield pressing hard that stops an accurate ball. If you're playing that high line in defence, then you are open to a good timed run and, a, and an excellent weighted through ball. But if you don't give people time to pass the ball, 
then they can't execute on that. Or they mm-hmm. rarely can, and you usually get away with it. But in that Napoli game, Milner was... I mean, the yellow card early didn't help, but... And Verge. Uh, but yeah, yellow card early for Verge too, but... but the Milner wasn't pressing off in the midfield. I didn't realize the stat about um, Elliot, but it's similar. Um, I mean, we're not he, getting he's enough... just getting smoked on defense. On offense, yeah, so I'm saying so we're not getting effective. enough pressure in the midfield. Yes, but the midfield was getting too much pressure because we weren't getting any pressure on, on Swiss the front three either. So Swiss but our front three couldn't score in a brothel. No, no, exactly. Right? Well, that's that's the other issue too. Is they're just not playing up front the way yeah. we are used to them playing. I up want front. to. Ring a buyer and go, hey, I'll swap you Salah for Mane. <laughs> no, don't do that, because then Mane doesn't have Salah. I mean, yeah. I also think that's... By the way, and we'll get into this later, I think the Mane missing is so overstated right yes, now. Yes, because I, I, say, I disagree with the Mane thing, too. It's nonsense. Diaz, honestly, Diaz the only reason is not I was saying that, Sorry, the only reason I was saying that was Salah shots directly at the keeper every time. Yeah. And he's getting more and more consistent so, at hitting the keeper. But <laughs> here's, the, back here's the problem. Here's the problem, and I've kind of broached the subject on a couple of episodes previous. But Salah's playing out way too wide, and for whatever reason, and I've heard it theorized that it's Klopp trying to make Liverpool unpredictable, which I find to be frankly horseshit. Is Trent is the one instead of overlapping and having Salah cut in? Trent is the one that's cutting in, and Salah's going wide against the touchline, and Salah is useless that far wide. He needs to be able to cut in. He needs Trent to overlap and get the ball in, whether it's to him or to the the the, the center or to the uh, Trent's cross is so accurate when he's on form, he can get it over to the left wing. So I mean I do I do agree with you. Um, I, it is a bit odd the Trent cutting in, and then that leaves him kind of exposed at getting back as well. So because Salah's certainly not going to go cover that I, ground Salah's, on a counter press. Salah's done actually um, yeah, I, pretty I, pretty I, good on getting I, back. I, time, I, so. I think for his position, he's perfectly adequate as a defender, but he's not going to be able to get back deep, and Trent yeah. clearly can't do it either. I, I do put some blame at Klopp's door. Um, for some reason, no annoying to him, he doesn't seem to have instilled into Diaz, Firmino, Salah, Diaz, Darwin, Salah, whoever's on the field, to press. And the urgency of the press and the urgency of closing down just seems absent this year in a lot mm-hmm. of our games. The aggression did, is did, gone. And it did at the end of last year too. So, um, yeah, the aggression's gone. I don't well, know. Well, you know, the aggression was gone for this match because we're going to have a completely it's the other side of the coin no I hear you but it can't be three games like this and then a game like Bournemouth right and then some another two games and then a game like Ajax yeah that will not win you any trophies 100% I agree so that somehow we need to re-establish motivation um yeah Diaz still looks hungry Elliot looks hungry Cavallo when he's on the field looks hungry Chata Jonah, um, I'm glad he's back. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad he's back. Jonah probably he brings, looks hungry too. He brings something different to the table. His first appearance but, this season was in the Napoli game, right? Didn't he come yeah, on? He came on with, so, okay, yeah. all right. I'm trying to remember. He came on with with Arthur. Darwin, and yes. he came on with uh, who Archer, right? No, they no, came, on Archer came on later. later. It was later on. Okay, he came on with uh, Milner. Came off. Well, Salah came off. Salah. Yeah. Milner, Darwin, yeah, Darwin Jada, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, I'm missing someone, but I can't think of who it is. Was it Thiago um, came on Bobby. to somebody? 
Bobby did too. For Elliot. Okay, for Elliot too. Um, yeah. Bobby, Bobby, that's who he yeah. came off for. Yeah. Di- dire game. Um, yeah. It's forgettable. As bad as I wish it was. Unfortunately, it's not. I'll make it forgettable. But <laughs> by far, by far the worst of the Klopp era. I mean, other people have, have targeted. Uh, they've lost four nil here and there. I mean, granted, too, Liverpool's record against Napoli is absolutely atrocious. I, I well, we, put a lot of star in the previous record stuff. You you play the team yeah, we, on we, the night. We have a different team. Yeah, it's uh, you know. I, I know, know a lot of people bring that up, and I know. it's and just. I just. I always think that's just uh, well, that's, not that's, not faulting you here for bringing that right. up. But I'm, I generally think the. The history is nonsense, particularly when they go back. Like, oh yeah, I haven't won since nineteen twelve. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, gives a okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. In nineteen twelve, the rules were different as well. You? <laughs> well, you would remember better than anyone. <laughs> I held myself back from saying that. <laughs> oh! All right, all right. Are we done with this so we can move on to to lighter topics? To Ajax. To Ajax. Okay. Not sponsored by Ajax. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Horrible soap. Um, uh, Ajax actually, is a much, much, much better performance from uh, our beloved Reds. I think that this score is not reflective of how well the team played, but there's probably good reason for I'm that. I'm so glad you said that. This could have been like a 6-1. Because I have some... Well, it could have also been 6-1 to Napoli. I have some stats. Right, but so, 4-1 is good enough for them. Uh, so in the Napoli game, we had... 15 shots to their Well, hold 18. on. Before we start pouring into the stats, let's talk about two things. Tiago was in the whole time. Well, one second. This is where I want All to right, go on, go on. So the comparison and how we were very different. 18 shots for Napoli. Eight of those were on target. 15 for us, seven on target. Against Ajax, 24 on uh, shots for us, 10 on target. Three for Ajax, one on target. That shows that we had a lot more possession. And yes, we did. Actually, we had the same possession, 57%, for both games. That I did not realize. Yep. Interesting interesting little nugget there. I think there's two glaring... But that's the second half, because we controlled the play in the second half and played around the box. Well, I think there's... So there's three big things for me. There's two very glaringly obvious things, and that's Thiago and uh, Joao Matip. I think those two players... And then, obviously, Bobby was in there at some point. He started. Those guys guys are so important to this team. And I think going forward, I know that you and I, not that we got into an argument, but at one point I had criticized Joe Gomez in a game. Yep. And Uh, I'm, I'm his biggest defender. You but, are. I, but I won't defend him for the Ajax game. I, and not only that, in I believe it was last week's yeah, episode. Sorry, the Napoli game. Sorry. I believe in last week's episode, I said Virgil and Matip work well together. You did? And we saw that on display. And I'm not even talking about the 88th minute game winner. I mean, Matip makes a difference. He does. On the he pitch. runs through the middle, like, through the. Um... It only takes him three steps to get from one box to the other, for Christ's sake. He's not a giraffe. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Look, I still like Joe Gomez, and um, I do too, for the record. And and I, I think I still prefer him over Matip, but I cannot justify. I know I see your face. I can't justify that um, based on a couple of performances here. I, I think maybe I'm just remembering the the Gomez of a couple of years ago, and then Matip's injuries as well 
Um, That's a fair point. So, I mean, Gomez was was the number one, one of the number one England um, centre backs, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and he was there on merit. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm just remembering that too much, but um, it certainly was very refreshing to see Matip. Uh, he didn't. Matip played the second half, by the way, against um, Napoli. And that's made the difference that, that we didn't score. Uh, they, they didn't score more than four. Yeah, I saw Gomez be brushed off the ball a couple of times against Napoli, and then almost in the second half, almost the same incidents with Matip, and the outcome, a hundred and eighty degrees difference. So Matip was strong against their attack, poked the ball away with those long legs. Mm-hmm. Gomez was brushed off the ball, and the ball was poked past him, and the goals were forthcoming. So you know. In fairness to Gomez, he hasn't played a lot. His form might be not quite there. I mean, it, it, there are reasons to still believe that Joe Gomez could be everything we want and hope him to be. This could just be too much too soon for him, all things considered. He's been injured. He didn't get a lot of playing time last year. So I'm still giving him the benefit of the doubt. I just think Matip is... He's and I hear you, or it could just be done. I mean, uh, you know, injuries... Take their toll. He's had yeah. two seasons out, and maybe maybe Ox is just a prime example of yeah. what what an who Ox exactly <laughs> Oxlane Chamberlain. He he's our number fifteen. I'm still not understanding <laughs> what you're saying. Uh, this guy we we bought him from Arsenal. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Right, played amazing, and then in the middle of a Champions League campaign, got really injured and has never been the same since. Actually, uh. I don't even think he's has he played like more than three games. Um, for this, uh, yes, he has. Oh, since since, I don't think he's only t- only uh, league cup. I think because yeah. he well, got hurt again last year. That just proves how a good player or, or a rising player. Kate is another example. Well, if we want to poke at that, he has like what twenty seven injuries over. Well, you posted of- that. We we've got our group chat for the podcast, and and you posted that one gigantic graphic of every injury spell he's had. It was pathetic. And these are the two guys that have done so little time in our side when we need midfielders the most that are both publicly come out and say they don't want to stay with the team if they're not going to get minutes. We need to get back to the Ajax game because we won. (laughs) We won. And Gomez didn't play. (laughs) And Peter didn't didn't play. play. So um, 22 injuries. 22. (laughs) 22 injuries. Anyway. from the year 2015 to 20, 2022. 22. All right. Good. Good number. Good number. The year of our Lord. <laughs> <laughs> As we were saying, thank you, Neil, for kicking us back on course here. Uh, I think Jata is, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I was Darwin's biggest advocate going into the season. I think he's our best option at, at, uh, as a striker right now. I hate that you're right. Yeah, me too. And we just spent 85, 90 million. And we had him the whole time. Yeah. On my little sheet here, it says, Darwin, what happening? <laughs> right? <laughs> I, you know what? Dar- it's going to take time for Darwin. And we said that in episode one. We were like, we don't know what to expect from this guy, but let's keep our expectations low because he's really young. He's going to be with us for a while. Let's just let him get into the team. Somebody, I think it might be, uh, I think it might be you, Tom. Um, didn't want him to start the first week. That was and, oh, it was you. I, I was going to go with you first. So I had a 50 50 shot. Bobby. Yeah, you've picked Bobby, and I said, look, you spent that much money, you put him in the team. Um, perhaps you're right, Nick. A little bit like 
with um, Andy for, Robertson. Oh, I was going to say Fabinho. When I was going to say Fabinho. Same, same kind of deal. Um, and Mata too, right? He came in on a free transfer. No one wanted him, and he he sat for a while. You, you, so maybe that would have been a better better option to it wait for a while. It still is an option too. Yeah. Is he, is he getting used to our tactics? Is Klopp changing things? Like the word reinvent was mashed around for a little bit. I don't like that word. I don't think we need a reinvention. I think we need an adjustment. That's it. And we found that in Ajax. I'll sink my teeth into a little bit of the tactics about it because we did play a 4-2-3-1 for a pretty significant portion of that match. I didn't match. even notice that. And we played as good a football as I've seen all season outside of the Charity Shield. And Bournemouth, but that is such an outlier. I don't like using that as any kind of benchmark. Um, We talked about Jata. What do you think is going to happen with Darwin, Neil? Well, his confidence is shot. uh, What I don't like seeing is public statements from him. When he's saying his confidence is shot, that's that's a little worrying this early. Um, He's only been here for two months. Yeah. And he's 22. I mean, a swift win would break my confidence at 22 sometimes. <laughs> it, it happens. He, he, You're a um, Mets fan. I don't think it would break your confidence. <laughs> the Mets have nothing to do with this. And we're not talking about the Mets right now. Why do we always mention baseball on every single podcast? Because you're doing a podcast with an American who still likes baseball. I'm one of the few. But today, anyway, I don't like baseball. Go well, back to football. Here, here's the I thing. Heard. You, you asked me, you asked me um, what's going to happen with Darwin. Yeah. Um, I hope the League Cup happens to Darwin. Oh. And I'm the first to criticize what's become a bit of a ridiculous Mickey Mouse tournament. Um, but I think Darwin needs to get his shooting boots on against, and I always bring this up, Shrewsbury Town. I knew and, you were going to uh, say Shrewsbury. <laughs> yeah, I know, I always do. Is that because that we, lo- we lost them once? Yeah, I know. No Stoke City. <laughs> so, no, far, you know, with lo- lo- lower. So. <laughs> League two. So yeah, I, ah, you know. <laughs> I just yeah, I think um, I think he needs to get used to the English game, get used to Klopp, his teammates, in an environment where there's less pressure. He can bang some goals in and reestablish some sort of rhythm. I love uh, that idea. So basically, become the new Minamino. Yeah, be like Minamino. Yeah, except um, we won't sell him at the end of it. Minamino had his purpose. Yeah, and, and he was a great player. And I I don't know what he's doing with Monaco right now, but. He had his purpose, and he played up to that purpose. It's now the era of Darwin, and he needs to play up to his purpose. I agree with you, and it's interesting you bring up Minamino because in the lack of football this weekend, what I did was pull out my 2021-22 season review Blu-ray, and I put that in, and I watched that. You know it's on YouTube, right? Not this one. (laughs) No, I bought it for a reason, man. (laughs) Um, and Minamino's performances in some of those early League Cup matches were fantastic. So, yeah, Neil, I think that's a great idea. Put him in the, the early, the League Cup, put him in the FA Cup matches. Those are the, that's what those are there for. I mean, mm-hmm. he's only 22. Stick him in there. I'd love to see Carvalho in there. I'd love to see a lot of these guys in there. Hopefully we get to see the shadow of Calvin Ramsey at the very least, because he has been completely absent for the entire year. I'd love to see some performance. Yeah, he had an injury, but he was in training last I knew. Um, But anyway, we're kind of getting aside. Back to Ajax. What else do we have to say about... uh, I mean, the amount of shots we took on goal and some really good ones. We have to talk about Thiago. We came out with a bit of a fire in our belly. Oh, yeah. We should have 
probably scored earlier. Thiago, as you mentioned. Did you see the dummy pass he had to Diaz? Was yeah. it Diaz or Jota? I mean, old form Thiago. It's like he never missed a minute. Yeah, and, and it's great to have him back because our midfield is lacking something and having him back, we controlled more of that midfield, mm-hmm. which means that we are able to push our forwards into a forward position and they don't have to be defending in the midfield. Um, Just an incredible difference it makes having him on the pitch. Oh, yeah. He may slow down the game, and people complain about him slowing down the game, but he's slowing it down so that people can make runs, so that people can open them up themselves for space. Yep. Like, and he can lob a ball just as great as Gerrard did back in the day, you know? Did you see the shot he took from way outside on the left there? That, that, I mean, the keeper got it, but holy, what a missile. I, I just wasn't expecting that kind of a performance from him that quickly. I, he just, he looked phenomenal. He's a professional. Yeah, yeah. And a, an exciting one at that. So I'm happy we won. I still think our shooting is a little wayward. It yeah. is. So we either put it wide of the post or right at the keeper. <laughs> we we struggle to put it somewhere where it's actually going to go in the net. The and even Matip's goal, winner. Um, it's kind of a Hail Mary <laughs> header. Yeah, a Hail Mary <laughs> header. And so, so yeah, I am... Um, yeah, I, Salah needs to. I've said it before. Salah needs to find where the goal is, and but he knows what the goal is. He but, found it this match, but it's yeah. every the goalkeepers he's passing it to. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, unfortunately. Yeah, we we seem to be, and again, I can't believe I'm going to say it with the Bournemouth nine nil, but we seem to be lacking our goal scoring touch. Yeah, and we it, got it all in one shot. Yeah. Most of it. yeah, yeah, and I think honestly, to your point. And we'll probably close on this unless anyone else has anything to say about it. Um, even like the win against Newcastle was sort of a juggle it and pray it goes in kind of yep. goal. Like we're getting a have lot we, of those. Have we turned into, and I don't want to say this, Tottenham? I, it feels a little bit like that, doesn't I'm it? I'm not even going to acknowledge that. Other than the 9-0 win, scrappy win against Newcastle, scrappy win against Ajax. I'm not saying we didn't deserve it. We deserved it. We dominated that second half particularly and it was 40 minutes of relentless pressure. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's, um, it's not exactly the Liverpool that we've known for the last few seasons of just, you just felt in the Liverpool the last few seasons that every time we went forward we were going to score. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that way anymore. At this point, I feel like we've got Brendan Rodgers' defence that every time somebody comes up, they've got to score on us. And I feel as though we've got Roy Hodgson's attack where we're not going to score when we go forward. So I'm glad you said that because right before we go to break, I want to show you guys something that I thought of on my lunch break. And we're not really going to have a lot of chance. We're not playing again until October 1st. So we're not going to have, we're not going to be picking our starting lineups or anything. So I want to show you guys what, with the team we have now, injuries aside, what I would want our starting lineup to be based on the solid performance we put together with Ajax. I mentioned the 4-2-3-1. Sorry, listener, I have to page through my notebook. What I have here... What's the theme tune to Heidi High? That's what, <laughs> what I have here is Allison in goal. Okay. Right now, Robertson... Shocked. Kind of hurt, no? <laughs> no, I'm not going that crazy. With Robertson hurt, I have Simi at left. Okay. Virgin Matip with, again, Kanate's hurt. Trent. I'm leaving Trent out. You're leaving him out? No, no, no. I'm leaving him out there on the right. I'm okay. sorry. I misspoke. 
Uh, I want Tiago and Fabino in the midfield. I want Diaz, Firmino, and Salah. And then I want Jota. Up front? Yeah. And I'll tell you why. So, as long as Salah... If Firmino drops back, and he can play that like forward defensive, but can also play an offensive role, so he can kind of be in the middle there. And you have... Fabino and Tiago. Tiago comes out wide. He pinches in. Trent can come up along the channel and come all the way up and overlap Salah with Salah coming across and then having the phenomenal threat that Jota can be up front. Now, I know Jota can be a little chaotic with the ball, but you also have Bobby right behind him, depending on on how they're playing. I think that'll really help the high press. Because you can still have Simi Verge. So no Cavalio and no Elliot? So I have Elliot as a sub. I have my seven subs here. Darwin on the bench. Elliot on the bench. Gomez on the bench. Milner on the bench. Arthur. Curtis Jones, who I, I feel like we've all kind of forgotten about. Yeah. Um, not that he's impressed a ton this season, but it's good to have he's that option training. there. Another one who needs the Carabao Cup to uh, yeah. get a few minutes. Yep. And then I have Carvalho, but he's... Still injured last I knew. Okay, so he's I just, just... I believe so too. So, but so, I, I was... That's maybe... I, I like your lineup there and everything, but why doesn't... Why can't Darwin play the Jota role? I just don't trust him to. And Jota's okay. proven. Yeah. Jota has a lot more minutes under his belt. He is a lot... He knows Klopp's system yeah. very well. He works with these guys very well. Darwin, I... I can see your point with Darwin. Like, he needs to prove himself. Playing... Like, he came from Benfica... Portugal League is two teams, Porto and Benfica. Yeah. Sporting may disagree, but okay. Especially after this week. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but for the most yeah. part... Your point's fair. Yeah. Mo- most... <laughs> yeah. Well my agreed. Te- my teeth have fallen now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Benfica are not Liverpool, so they're not as intense. They're, they don't have as much games in Portugal. They don't get as far in the Champions League. And they have, what, one cup in Portugal? Uh, I believe so. A bit like Spain, I think they have one cup. I would have no idea. Um, There's, what, 64 games if you play every game in the English League, including the Champions League? It's going to be an uphill battle for him to learn how to fit in to this. And I think we need to have patience with him, and we need to to play the hot hand, and Jata's going to be a better option for us right now. I know we spent a, a billion dollars on Darwin he's just another Andy Carroll another Andy Carroll oh no he's no, just no. not yet Andy he's Carroll. not only in hair <laughs> no that was a, a stupid 50 million buy on a <laughs> this dead, is a smart dead, buy on a young player this is a smart buy on a young player with a lot of talent that's very raw and needs to be refined same transfer window we bought Suarez just saying <laughs> and a lot cheaper and on that note let's take a break And we're back, listener. Uh, we're just going to page through our notes here and take a look at the rest of the Champions League tables. Uh, we're going to start with Group A. Uh, any big impressions after, what, two matches each? Rangers are shit. Yeah, well, unfortunately. We yeah. <laughs> I think we were all half kind of rooting for them when Though they made I'm it I'm sure in. you compared them to Everton. Also shit. Well, <laughs> they had come out with a fighting spirit, apparently. But they played clear- blue. Clear- oh, uh, oh, I am... Um, 
I think that'll give us a tough game. I'm worried about us playing Rangers. Yeah. But I wasn't worried about Napoli Rangers and I wasn't worried about Ajax Rangers. That's the freaking problem and that's my comparison with Everton. You <laughs> had a that, great point about that. Yeah, and so I still feel that way. Now I hope I'm completely Wait, can you reiterate wrong. your point? My, my point is that Everton may be crap, but when they play against Liverpool, they play up and play as tough. That's why I want them relegated. When Everton play all of our rivals, they are... They lay just down. their normal crap selves and they get beat. So so we end up with tough games that nobody else does. And it's not the same with the Manchester Derby in Manchester because Liverpool play Manchester United tough too. So it's it's just different. Rangers, it's going to be the Battle of Britain and they're going to play as tough and gosh, we don't need it this year. We need to be playing against a Victor Plezen, somebody who's going to roll over for us and be overwhelmed by our history. Nobody should be, but, the, but people are. People are intimidated. Uh, yeah, yeah. But this year, we need those kind you of things. You a little entitled there. As in, like, Liverpool are entitled. To well, I know. Apparently, they're not playing up to be entitled I, to be in the I totally agree, but it is still... There is there is a um, a fear. Anfield strikes a fear into people. Yeah. It won't into Rangers. Well, right. we, have, if you watch the All or Nothing with Arsenal, they play You'll Never Walk Alone so that it's in the mentality. Oh, you, you live play. in their heads before they even oh, get yeah. to Liverpool, right? And for these, like, really weird, almost cultural rival, rivalries, yes. more than football rivalries, that doesn't mean shit to these teams. Yeah. These teams are ready to come in fighting. If anything, it feeds them. I mean, isn't it Celtic that sings You'll Never Walk Alone? Yeah. Yes. So, like, even that, if, if they're not going to make it anywhere in this competition anyway, because they're just as bad. But, like, it's that kind of stuff where some stuff is not going to phase these teams coming in. And it's, like, kind of a Liverpool-specific issue mm. where we've just got too many rivals. So, October 4th, we play Rangers. We'll see how it is. I hope I'm hopelessly wrong and we put a bomb on them. Um, well, that, and, and we could. That's at... Rangers, right? No, it's at Liverpool. Uh, at Anfield. We're, we're English, uh, the way we do this. You know, home team first, not... Uh, I'm trying to figure out, but we already... Okay, yeah, yeah. It's not Rangers at Liverpool. It's <laughs> Liverpool versus gotcha. I know this is a heresy, Tom, but I'm beginning to kind of like that kind of what? Liverpool at Rangers kind of thing. Yeah, I know. Sorry, <laughs> I have a oh, Inspector Dreyfus get, tick get, coming get over here. yourself. <laughs> That's yeah. a, that's a very, easy, very easy way to, to understand it, but I, I, I either know. way, either way, home team first. Okay, so that's good. Um, so yeah, Napoli top in the group. Um, I'm surprised. I thought we would be top in the group, and mm-hmm. I thought Ajax would be second at this point. So Yeah, so. same. No, same. I thought Napoli was going to be second. Ajax... Well, look not, at you, Mr. Smarty Pants. Huh? But Ajax are not the Ten Hag Ajax that we know. That's, that's true, new. too. Sorry. Yeah. Now they're the Man United Ajax. Any we will see. Well, Ajax Napoli is going to be a great game. That's going to be a really good. Uh, game. I think that's uh, that might uh, save our bacon. It might. I'm I'll, actually. I'll I, I think it's going to be a tough game, but I'm looking forward to Liverpool versus Rangers. I watch a lot of the Scottish Premiership. You do? Just because it's on TV. Does anybody? No, I might be the only one. <laughs> I couldn't F- tell F- you anything. Five hundred fans from Forfar used to show up in this in the stadium to watch the Scottish <laughs> Premier League once upon a time. I guess what I should say is it's on my television a lot. 
Um, but we can move on to table B unless you guys have anything else to say other than the hideous goal differential we have sitting in second. Well, it's it's in reverse. Why why is Porto at the bottom, Atletico Madrid third? Surely, surely you wouldn't expect that. There's this lowly club Bruges or whoever they are. Lowly club Bruges. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is where uh, De Bruyne came from. So it's not a low-level club. Also a great good... movie. No, you keep mentioning this movie. I love that movie. It's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, Bruges, they're not a bad team. They just... It's a lovely city. No palm trees, though. Never been there. <laughs> <laughs> Never been there. Is there a seaside involved, by chance? Uh, Lots no, of no, cathedrals, apparently. No. <laughs> I only know that from the movie. 4 <laughs> uh, nil drubbing of yeah. Porto. That was the shock result of the week. Brutal. Uh, although, I say that, Bayer Leverkusen's 2-0 against Atletico. Equal. Also surprising. So, so, yeah, weird old group is Group B. Yeah, I would say I agree. This is the strangest group of the bunch, and probably uh, would we say the weakest in terms of talent top to bottom. Well, uh, Liverpool I, and Rangers are making a play for it in the group A. <laughs> I, let's just say our initial impressions were yes. Group B is the walkover group, yeah. and they're kind of beating each other up in a really weird way. Yes, they uh, are. not a lot to say there, though. A lot of teams I don't like watching. <laughs> Uh, group C, Bayern Munich, the death group, Barcelona, Inter Milan, and Victoria Plisson. I mean, it's working out as I would anticipate. Um, the top three, at Barcelona, Bayern, and Inter, are all just taking points off each other, I guess. And um, yeah, well, it's, They're all taking points off Inter, by the look of it. Uh, yes, true. Um, Bayern-Barca, which was, what, yesterday, two days ago? Yeah. That, was, that was a great match. I, I did catch a chunk of that one. Yeah, Lewandowski let him down. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he missed three really good chances in that game, so um, early and uh, in the first half. But um, You know he's kicking the piss out of himself for that, too. <laughs> you th- you of, think? Of all teams to do <laughs> yeah, that absolutely. No, I mean, jeez. So how's he going to end up? Much like it is right now, probably? Uh, yeah. That's my guess. Yeah, me too. I'd, I'd like to see injured second, though. Barca go to Europa. Just because... Well, I'd like to see Victoria Plazen first, if we want to say what we'd like to have. Oh, if I'm like... Oh, I'd absolutely. Like, I'd like Barca knocked out completely. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just dessert. <laughs> uh, sporting at the top of Group D. This other third As we team had from just, Portugal that we just mentioned. <laughs> we were just taking the piss out of, uh, out of Sporting, and all of a sudden, they've got a plus five I, goal differential on the table. I was hoping for more of a fight for Marseille, but hey-ho. It, does it surprise you, though? It does and it doesn't. Uh, Tottenham, though. Again, doing Tottenham things. Lost their first game of the season? Conte in Europe. Tot- Automatic. Tottenham doing Tottenham things. <laughs> and that's obvious. Yeah, shocking, really. I mean, the, the, considering two, 90 minute, two goals in the 90th minute plus. So. Yeah, that's yeah. Been tough to watch. Uh, Frankfurt, kind of the forgettable team of the whole... I was already on Group B. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> More to my point. Moving on. AC Milan on the top, just where I said they would be. Yeah, Surpri- I think... Surprised that Chelsea are at the bottom. Even more surprised that Dimino Zabreb are in second. And yeah. I hope they have a great campaign. Yeah. I. That's one of those teams that, uh, you know, when you watch European football, I feel like we all have like those little teams. Like, like I have a soft spot for Dortmund for honestly no reason. It's not even a Klopp thing. I just like that they're the underdog to Bayern. So I end up rooting for them. 
But, like, these little teams that end up in the Champions League that you probably would never watch otherwise, I always like seeing them do well. And we'll get to Shakhtar as another one. Um, but, yeah, seeing, seeing see, Dynamo. See, back, back in the day, there used to be a lot more Greek teams, like Panthenaikos yes. and Olympiakos. So oh, the why? Turkish teams. Um, Galatasaray. Galatasaray. Fenerbahce. Fenerbahce, thank you. If we can take, like, just a little aside, why is it that these, these countries aren't represented? Money. Well, they do. They get... So, there is a qualifying round. Right, which until, I know because my beloved Rovers have... Yeah. Well, Rovers oh. being the champions of Ireland... They go into the Champions League third round. Well, let, let's back up the time. So you 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 yeah. go in the right place, Sorry. but but it's all. I to was do taking. With, it's all to do. I know. Yeah. It's all to do with the coefficients, though. So the better the teams from your country do, the more coefficient points you get. The more coefficient points you get, the more teams you get automatically into the first round. Yeah. The more teams you get, only um, if your coefficient points get really low then you may only get one team into the whole competition and you may have to start in a qualifying round. Uh, so, because Irish teams have never done well... Actually, have, we've, we, we can go back into history and they've been in group stages, but they've never progressed out of group stages. We have an Irishman on this program. I believe I said they've never done well, and that was my definition. But doing well in for an Irish team to get into group stages is doing well. He likes to split hairs. <laughs> <laughs> They don't, have many, the, they don't have many coefficient I, points. I like, no, that, I like that he's doing this in defense of my favorite football, or first favorite football team, the Shamrock Rovers. So yeah, so that's how it works. Um, the Turkish clubs in recent years haven't progressed very far in the tournament, so their coefficient points have dropped down, so they're only getting into the qualifying rounds. Okay. And then what sucks even more for them is they're not doing well in the qualifying mm-hmm. rounds, so they're not gaining any coefficient points. But... A more simple explanation of all of this is money. Ah, because they can't Cause draw they in the good players to win the games. That, well, uh, they do draw in quite good players. Like well, a lot of good old has beens go there for. Well, look, Deli Ali just went to what Bekshitas, didn't he? Okay, Bek- just has beens. He's not necessarily yeah. old, but well, still a has been. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Okay, well, thank you for clearing that up for me and the other listeners that are completely ignorant to how complicated this system can. I mean, it seem. used to be a straight elimination. Back in the European Cup before the Champions League, straight elimination, champions of Bulgaria would be drawn against the champions of Luxembourg, was... and Liverpool could be drawn against, um, you know, champions of Andorra or something like that. And um, you know, it was it was crazy. You get these first round nine nil, thirteen one. We played the Gibraltar Red Imps, I think, once. The Red Imps. The Red Imps. The Gibraltar Red Imps. And, um, yeah, I mean, so you see some crazy things like that. By the way, they have one of the best stadiums in the world. Right next to it. Right right next to the airport, but there's this beautiful mountain (laughs) on one side of it. The Rock of Gibraltar. And then the ocean is on the other side of it. I just have to make a note of this so that I... It's one of the most beautiful and underwhelming stadiums ever. Because there is no stands. Yeah. So anyway, Chelsea are shit, uh, the Red Bull system is falling apart, and we're moving on to table F. Well, look at that, Real Madrid topping a group, topping a table, no surprise You want to hear something funny, which isn't really funny, it's almost, I, I almost feel embarrassed to say it, but before I had like one team to say, I, like I was saying, I like Dortmund when I watch Bundesliga, there are, there are certain teams that you kind of end up kind of falling for. Before I understood anything about Real Madrid, before Ronaldo, before all that shit, I used to like watching Real Madrid. 
I liked that the word real was said differently. I swear to God, as a kid, those are things you pick up on. So I always had kind of a soft spot for them until I started supporting There's a couple other ones. Real Sociedad. Mm-hmm. Real Zaragrabo. Yeah. I didn't have Zaragoza, a lot of options. Yeah. Zaragoza, Zaragoza. Zaragoza. I didn't have a lot of options. They were the only ones I was aware of. And now, <laughs> I hate them. Yeah. Um, hey, Celtic are not out of this. No. You know, no. with the 1-1 one, one away... Um, to Shakhtar. To Shakhtar is, is a good result for them. Um, if they can win against Leipzig, they're, they're in the mix. Um, you know, I expect them to finish bottom. I expected Leipzig to finish a lot higher than that. I expected Leipzig to finish second. So, uh, so if so yeah. Celtic beat Leipzig and Real destroyed uh, Shakhtar, Celtic will go second. Yeah. They yeah, there's, there's a path to victory there. Yeah. Even though I'm kind of rooting for Shakhtar just because of Ukraine and we kind of stand with them and whatever. And plus, it would be really cool if somehow Madrid just fall apart and Shakhtar take the lead. What's going to happen? I know. I know. Like I said, wishful thinking. I wish for winning the lottery and that's not going to happen either. Yeah, very true. Very true. Uh, Yikes. I I was just, this is uh, two times in this show, I was saying how much I like watching Dortmund play. And last night was... Almost exciting. Or was it two nights ago? No, it was last night. Uh, Manchester City and Dortmund, that was a really good match. That yeah. was a good match. A hell of a goal by uh, Holland, by the way. I don't know if you guys saw it, but just... One of the highlights. But, I mean, that goal was the highlight. Really, really good. Um, I don't talk about him. <laughs> that's probably smart. Uh, I should stop. <laughs> Copenhagen being third yeah. over Sevilla is quite a big thing for them. Yeah. yeah. Um... Going forward, Sevilla versus Dortmund next, and City Copenhagen. So that could all change. Um, it's going to end up like it is now. Yeah, now maybe, maybe, maybe three and four um, switching over. But, yeah, um, but I yeah I think it's going to be City and Dortmund yeah. at the top. You know what? City going to Dortmund might be a little bit harder for them. Yeah, but Dortmund are not playing at their best this year. The the worst thing for us about this is that any time that City can, I wouldn't say take it easy. But rest, rotate, and um, not be fearful mm-hmm. isn't good for us in the Premier League. Although, yeah. unless we turn things around soon, then um, we're not going to be talking about the Premier League or the Champions League anyway. So. Hey, yeah. remember at the beginning of the season when I said City didn't have enough depth and our depth was unstoppable? Wasn't that funny? <laughs> in retrospect, it was hilarious. And uh, moving on to Group H. Group H. Arguably my least favorite group of the bunch. I don't like PSG for obvious reasons. Well, this is my favorite group because Juventus are not doing well. Yeah, but I don't like Juventus. They would touch anti-Israeli, is that what you're saying? What? Oh, God. That's... <laughs> Whoa. That's that's a touchy subject for you and I, Neil. <laughs> I wonder why that is. Uh, there is no anti-Israeli or anti-anything other than bad stuff sentiment on this podcast. And you can, bad stuff is bad stuff. You know what that is. Uh, PSG is doing what PSG does for now. Um, well, we Hafia were holding them at 1-0 yesterday, which was a nice to that see. That was exciting. I know. Until the 61st minute. Until $1 billion scored three goals. <laughs> the most expensive three goals. We had it. It was literally what? Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe back to back. In that order. Yeah. Yeah. And within like 20 minutes, I think. It so. was ridiculous. It, it's just like you go, well, that's what they're supposed to do. This yeah. isn't even exciting. If they don't score again, it's disappointing, even if they win. But it was nice to see Hafia have a chance. Yeah, and they played them really, really yeah. hard. 
It was, that was a good match until it wasn't. You know, I tipped Juve to to get to the final four here, and uh, uh, did you initially have? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm on on record of saying that. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, they've been terrible. They've been bad in, in their yeah, own I, league as well. I, I mean, know. they're just they're just not good this year. They remind me of a club close to my heart. Uh-oh. Barrow? No, that will be <laughs> Barrow are doing great. Barrow in Shamrock third. Rovers? <laughs> Barrow are in third and in the freaking promotion places. I desperately do not want them to get promoted because it, we cannot afford to compete you that just, level. You'll just bounce down. But yeah, but um but yeah, you've a um terrible start to the season, much like our own. I I have a feeling that, that this is gonna be uh PSG and Benfica all the way. I, it, it doesn't. So, tip for the winners of the Champions League right now? Munich. Man City. I was going to say Man City. Munich. Alright. I, I, I like I, your pick, actually, Tom. I prefer Bayern, but I don't know. I, it's too early to tell. I think Liverpool getting some form back into the squad, but, getting their fit players back in could make a big difference. But what I was going to say was it all comes down to the draw. That's true. First round draw, quarter final draw, semi final draw. If bigger teams like Munich come up against City, they're going to be great clashes, and they could knock out a bigger team that who is favorite, or at the at, very least exhaust them. At this moment, um, a very well known betting company, PSG, is the favorites. But I mean, a betting company would have them as favorites. <clears throat> I just I don't take. Them. But that's what I'm saying. It's like I can't see PSG getting past quarters. Well, they never Honestly, do. Yeah. Really, that's uh, you know, that's that's what they do. They choke at the um, knockout stages. Yeah, because they're not a well put together team, despite the talent that makes them up. They are not a sum of their parts. Well, that's the thing that they, they haven't been put together as a team. Yeah, they've been put together as a bunch of prima donnas. Yeah, yeah, and they play like it. Because if Neymar doesn't pass to Mbappe, then Mbappe doesn't pass to Neymar, then they argue on the pitch, and Messi's just like, guys, can we just play? Hey, Todd Bowley's trying the same thing at Chelsea. All right, that's a perfect time for a break, which leads us into our next topic. One minute, listener. And welcome back, listener. Uh, We just finished talking about the Champions League uh, upcoming fixtures and whatnot, so why not look at the very small amount of fixtures that we're looking at at the Premier League this weekend. Guys, uh, what do we think of Villa Southampton? Nil-all draw. I also have a nil-all draw. Oh, really? I have one two to Southampton. I like Saints this year. They're, they're, they're doing that yo-yo thing where they're You're good. You're the only person bad. I know that calls them the Saints, like, as a regular thing. Well, that's how they do it over here, you know, Lions, Bears, Saints, oh my. But they all we have do the have the Saints here. They're all Eagles. What? <laughs> they have the Saints, New Orleans Saints. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, New Orleans. I like it too. Southampton Saints. It sounds good. Please don't call them the Wolves. It's not the Wolves. It's Wolves. I have never actually, called them the Wolves. Wolverhampton Wanderers. Exactly. The Wanderers, if anything, not the we, Wolves. We just call them Wolves. Which you is can fine. go back. We've got seven episodes of proof. I've never called them the Wolves or the Saints. I wasn't necessarily getting at you. I was getting an American TV announcers. Oh. Like, it's the Wolves. I'm like, the Wanderers. Okay. Anyway, oh God, that would be awful. Moving on to Forest against Fulham. Yeah, what do we think? Two one Forest. One one. I have one one. Uh, the Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> the Wolves uh, against versus Manchester City. City. The Beasts within four nil City. I have four nil City as well. I have five one. Sorry, City. I have four nil to the Citizens against the Wolves. 
Those citizens. Ugh, I don't even like hearing them called citizens. When is it called? When does anybody call them the citizens? Don't know. It's only on their shirts. <laughs> Terrible. It's stupid. And again, they only have Chelsea fans. And Chelsea fans have what? Nothing. Right. Moving on. Newcastle against Bournemouth. 2-0 Newcastle. The Sovereign Wealth Fund of Saudi Arabia 2, Bournemouth 0. <laughs> I have 3-0. So we're all on the same page there. Spurs what? and... Oh, no, no, no. Oh. What are Newcastle known as? Citizens for Man City. What are Newcastle? I can't think of after... Toon Army. Toon Army. Yeah, but what is their nickname? Like magpies magpies you're right yeah. oh and I knew that too yeah. uh, Spurs Leicester no 1-0 Spurs Harry Kane penalty let me say that in American 0-0 zero, 0-0 zero. <laughs> zero, zero. Uh, I have them 2-0 Spurs uh, Brentford Arsenal 1-2 Brentford 1 Arsenal 2 Brentford 1 Arsenal 3 I also have Brentford 1, Arsenal 3. The only interesting match this weekend, it seems. I'm just happy to have football, so I'm going to watch probably all of this shit. Anyway, Everton, West Ham. Everton, nil. West Ham, 8. Oh, sorry. Oh. Sorry, no, that was that was my wishes. Um, West Ham, 1. <laughs> Everton, 1. West Ham, 1. Oof. I have Everton, nil. West Ham, 1. Right. All right. That yeah. was the Premier League table. Uh, there are two matches that were postponed. Uh, one of them is Liverpool Brighton. Well, Liverpool Brighton. No, 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 that's, no, no. that's Liverpool. our first match, October. Liverpool Chelsea, and then Man United Leeds, which would have been a very interesting game to talk about. Yeah, so both of those games would have been interesting to talk about for a couple of reasons. But we're going to take a quick break and then discuss the havoc that has been wreaked on Chelsea. Welcome back, listener. Uh, we're going to talk about one of the biggest stories in the Premier League that'll probably be one of the biggest stories on the year. Chelsea, out of nowhere, sacking Thomas Tuchel and going out and spending a record amount of money to transfer a manager that one of our podcasters here <laughs> has been very high on all season, and everyone is about to see why, hopefully... That is Graham Potter coming from Brighton to Chelsea. So starting off, I'm going to send this over to Tom. He's going to read off some stats for us about this whole debacle. And then Neil's going to give us his thoughts. Fiasco is the word I'd use. Um, All good adjectives. Chelsea being Chelsea and sacking a manager after, what? What? 18 months or whatever. (laughs) What? Yeah, but Lampard deserved it more than Tuchel did. Well, here's where I, I want to talk or about. Marino. Is there's certain managers in this world, Graham Potter's, your your Brendan Rodgers, your, your people that have been there, done that for a while. And then you get the likes of Lampard and Gerrard mm. and whomever, company, whoever. And they get thrown into these big jobs because they have a big name. Rooney. Arteta. Yeah, Rooney. Yeah. Well, Rooney went to Derby. Um, and Poor guy. Well... They're That's their, a whole different They're their story. own worst enemy, and Gerard I know a lot to, of Gerard Derby. Rangers. I mean, it's, yeah. well, well, even he though won. the Scottish League from the under twenty ones club from us, he's getting, you know, used to his style of football in a different country rather than being stuck in the Premier League at, With a, spot, at, a, at a club that he didn't deserve to be at. Yeah, and there's still some doubt in my mind: does he deserve to be at Aston Villa rather than in Championship, getting more experience? 
Anyway, Lampard was at Derby beforehand. So you can't say that. And he didn't do well at Derby. So why was he given the Chelsea job? <laughs> yes, and that that is your main. Well, point. we that know why. A it would be like if Liverpool gave Gerard the job. Yeah, a former club hero shouldn't automatically get the job. Exactly. The same way as Gerard shouldn't automatically get the job. You could argue that Arteta shouldn't get the Arsenal job. I'm not going to sign Sammy Hypia to be the Liverpool coach after Klopp's gone. Yeah. Right? He hasn't proven himself as a manager. And he, yes, he's a big name. He was our club captain for a while. But does he deserve to be a manager? No. We all know how much I love Gerard. I would not want him managing Liverpool. Right now, definitely not. No. So Tuchel, for me, has had a couple of interesting things. He has followed the same footsteps as Klopp. Mines, 05, back in 2009. Then went to Dortmund, 2015. Then he goes to PSG. Then to Chelsea. And wins the Champions League with Chelsea. Wins the Champions League, wins the FIFA World Cup, wins the Super Cup, qualifier, uh, quarterfinals last year in the Champions League, runners up in the FA Cup and the EFL to us, and third. Now he is, you know... He has pissed every office he's worked for off along the way. Also true. But he ended up 18 points behind us in third place in the Premier League. And that's a huge number. 18 yeah. points is a huge number to be behind in third place. And to lose to that team in both domestic cups, too. It's not On a, penalties. Yes. But he inherited a, a troubled squad that had a... Uh, yeah, and they went through their strife being... The Abramovich. Yeah, the yeah. whole fiasco and whatever else. And the current... Um, what's his name? Bowley. Bowley. Yeah. Todd Bowley. Who's given advice on... All sorts of. You guys ready for the North versus South All Star game? Not going to happen because this is England, (laughs) not America. I am trying my hardest not to swear, but. Go on. Oh my god, I wish that man would shut the fuck up. I agree wholeheartedly, and I said this in our group chat. Americans don't like All Star games either, for the record. We all hate them for the most part. Unless you're at the stadium, it's not fun. We don't want it in the Premier League. I don't know anything about what the Dodgers have done, but Bowley has royally pissed me off. Um, They're the second off, most hated team in the MLB. He just, he's spouting off. I mean, I have sympathy for Tuchel because, you know, Tuchel thinks he's himself as a coach. Whether he's good or bad, that's what he believes he is. He wants to be on the players, on the on the training ground, training players. Mm-hmm. And then Bowley comes in and is like, I'm going to buy all these superstars and you need to get Ronaldo. And they fell out about that. And... Then he, you know, he's he wants Tuchel to be signing players, and but he has no interest he's in listening to like Tuchel's baseball club. Yeah. yeah, and he has no interest in listening to Tuchel's opinion about the actual game. He just wants to put a bunch of prima donnas out there and flash his cash. It's and to it's, Tuchel's credit, he's got such a strong winning record. Shut up and let that man do what he does best. Well, I, I think Abramovich. Was better oh, yeah. than Bowley, and I can't believe I say that because I. And Abramovich was vocal, but he wasn't this vocal, no. and not this vocal at the beginning. And he knew football. And that's what I was going to yeah. say. He wasn't that vocal or something he didn't know nothing about. Right. So. Um, well, apparently, from everything we know, Todd Bowley wanted to show the institute a four-four-three. Does anyone know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A four-four-three. I mean, it would have been. Happy. It would been. It would have been record breaking. <laughs> To ditch your goalie. <laughs> I mean, they're both shit, both well, goalies, is, so it probably wouldn't be the bad goalie, Is the goalie a defender at this point? Does he get to run back into the box? Defense. Defense. Well, hang on. Hold on. I'll get my, my countryman on the phone and I'll ask him what he thought a 4-4-3 would do. 
Maybe he thought he could just sneak a player on the pitch. I'm or what sure. it would get you is a forfeit 3 0. Or back in the day, like you're playing with your mates out in the field, last man back. Last man back oh, is the goalkeeper. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Or last man back is the goalkeeper. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Can't really see Raheem Sterling going back and going, I got it, I got it, I got it. <laughs> Although. That was a pretty good impression, actually. So. <laughs> is that what he sounds like? Uh, some other things it's that. It's a I mixture w- of like Lewis Hamilton and yeah. someone oh. from London. Oh, okay. Uh, so huge, huge outlays. You you know, you mentioned Sterling. He's one of them. Yeah, yeah. 47.5 million. But again, Goodbye. was it the board that brought him in and rather than Tuchel? There's been like this whole like. <sighs> He didn't have control over. Oh all yeah, the exactly. That's what I'm saying. He didn't have any control over transfers. This is a bunch of prima donnas who have been thrown together in PSG style, with without the PSG money. It's not quite the their outlay. It's and, not and the then it's PSG like, talent. That's what, that's what I'm saying. It's not the same kind of um, right. yeah. talent. But but yeah, he's gone and spent big on a bunch of a bunch of players, a bunch of names, and. Um, the standouts would be Sterling, Kulabelli, uh, Kukurella. wasn't doing that great in the... No, but I mean, it's a big name yeah. regardless. And then obviously the uh, the big news was Aubameyang. And, well, uh, so so, so I think Tuchel was given a bad no, hand. I, 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 I didn't like the guy at all. I, I'm not sad no, to see him No, I can't him stand him. Um, He's a crybaby. He, yeah, um, he, the fact, like you said, he didn't get on with PSG, he didn't get on with Dortmund... You know, um, did you hear about the anti- player meetings that he was pulling? Yeah, uh, I did not yeah, hear about those. He had he had two separate player meetings. One was for players that were, and this was the quote in the article, that were ready to stay and fight for the team, and then essentially all the players that I wanted to piss that, off. Yeah. I mean, that's not good man management. No. Can you so imagine Klopp doing something like that? I know he's kind of the gold standard. Could you imagine Alex Ferguson doing something like that? Hmm. No, actually I actually couldn't. No. Uh, no, no. Uh, sorry, I classify Alex Ferguson as one of the better managers that have ever done the oh, English Premier Oh, yeah, I don't think anyone would argue that. Whatever you want to call it back so I am not going to say that. <laughs> I envy you because I just called him a legend, which he is for some people. In his own breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so out, out of this house right now. I respect that. I will take my leave. Wow, I've kicked him out of my house. You've kicked him out of your house. I get kicked out everywhere. It's why I sing that song at the now. pub. Yeah. I know. I'm poor Scouser Nicky. So, a quick update on a few managers pre-Tucho. Uh, 100 games in charts. 60 games uh, with a win. So, 60% wins. 24 draws, 16 losses. That's two, two, two Okay. Yeah. Right? You go down to Ancelotti. He had a 61% win rate out of 100 games. Uh, Conte had a 65. And the only one that did any better was Jose Mourinho with 67. Yes. You literally just give me a parade of villains. Yeah. Well, that is who Chelsea is, though, right? Gosh. No, no, the villains are a different team. <laughs> oh, oh the villains. I now I get too. it. God, you're pushing my buttons to do that tonight. <laughs> it's very good at that. You just don't like getting the others. That's what it is. I don't. You're right. That's exactly what it is. You're it, going to be called Maca. How about this? One. How about this? Chelsea's previous managers with winning records are a rogues gallery for most football fans. They are just the the, the guys you don't want to see standing in the box. They're just, and they all kind of look like villains too, for whatever it's worth. Chelsea fans? 
What fans? They look like villains. They all went to City. <laughs> well, they, they went north to Manchester. They were like, we wear blue. They wear blue. Let's do that. <laughs> it's not that big of a wardrobe change. So, so now I feel devastated because, yeah, I've got a bit of a man crush on um, on Graham Potter. And you have and, all um, year. You saw the yeah. writing on the wall too. You yes. called it out in the chat. I said poach. Yeah. No, it was it was always going to be Potter and. Um, I mean, as long as, as long as Brian were willing to let him go, and, and he and wanted to, Brian aren't stupid. Fifteen million um, payment for your manager—it's that's good money to that's have. A, that's a striker yeah. for them. Yeah, Brian actually paid <laughs> um, Swansea. I think it was a million or three million for to to get to, to get, get Potter from from Swansea. But it's a um, big profit. Uh, well, yes, indeed. Um, so yeah, I I'm, uh, I've got a question for you. Let's say Chelsea goes well for him. Does he become the next England manager? Ooh. I don't think he will take it. I wouldn't either. He's I very mean, <laughs> smart about what job he chooses. Absolutely. And a, I'm not sure he has aspirations to be England manager. Um, it's very different international football. Well, um, I mean, that, Chelsea's very different than, than Brighton. Yeah. Brighton and Swansea quite similar. But Chelsea's a very, very different thing. Um, it's his first big club. Le- it's his first exactly. big six club. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I mean, really is. Because any team in the Premier League is a big club. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, let's say it goes well for him there. Uh, no, he, he will stay there and and look to be a, a club legend. That's that 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 I think you know he wants he'll want to win Premier League and Champions League with him. That that's what his aspirations will be. I, I don't. Yeah. Here's my question for you. Let's say. He stutters out of the gate, right? Because he's playing with a team that has been cobbled together by a bunch of other people, and he just can't make the side fit. We saw him do some strange things in the Champions yep. League match that they, they just played last night. Well, he always does this. He plays um, unteen different systems. He's he's known to play three different systems almost during positions. one game. Yes, right, almost During positions. one game. He... He evidently trains his team on up to ten different formations, yeah. and they're very well drilled in all of them. So yes, he does some strange things, but there's one thing: being prepared and doing strange things. There's another thing: just doing strange things. And Potter's a guy with meticulous preparation. Okay. So how do you think managing all of these these big heads at Chelsea is going to be for him? I mean. That could be a challenge in its own right. That's the big ask. I'm not the first person to say this, but there are certain managers whose job is to knit personalities and prima donnas together, and there's certain managers whose job is to develop talent. I've always put Potter in the second category. And there's a third category, and that's the Champagne Charlie, Gerard Lampard, uh, Rooney, and people who get the job because of their name. Yeah. But... Um, but Potter's always been a developed youth, and f- I worry for him going to a team where Bowley wants to write checks for expensive prima donnas, and it's a different, very different um, ball game. It's you know, Pochettino might have been a better choice for Chelsea um, than than Potter, well, he, given Bowley. Yeah. Pochettino has dealt with more higher, I don't want to say higher talent, but higher prima donnas like yeah. Neymar. And, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was at Spurs and had to deal with some PSG. personalities PSG. there, then PSG. So I can see Pochettino had... But why did Bowley, 
or whoever's helping Bully make decisions, whatever this moron is doing, why did they go after Graham Potter other than he's kind of the flavor of the week? I think he watched Ted Lasso. But, but, here's the crazy thing. (laughs) Also a crazy thing. You might be right, honestly. Potter Potter is one of the very first managers to move mid-season in a long time. Yeah, that's right. Now since what, it's been like at least 10 years, right? Something like that. Like, we got rid of Brendan, I think it was like late September 2015, and then Klopp came in October. We were like a week, week and a half without someone. Okay, so not quite as long ago as I yeah. thought, but st- that's still a good amount. But of that's time. Mo- but moving between Premier League yeah. clubs is yeah. Yeah, like that. I'm I'm just saying that's our last time we got rid of someone mid season, but right. we didn't get someone from a Premier League club. We got a manager that was unemployed. Yes. So for Potter to move from Brighton, who he was doing pretty well with, pretty yeah. well. That's they're, an understatement. At the top of the table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was a shock for me. It really was. Do you think Chelsea and the Bowley administration are going to keep him on a tight leash if he can't find success <laughs> right away with this team that he? They'll do what Chelsea normally does and get fired. Him. That's, that's I don't think they will. And I think there's, there's already been statements that, that they won't. Um, and, and I actually going to believe it. I think they will give him an absolute full season no matter what happens even if they don't get into the Champions League places oh, but that's what I'm saying is well like, there's no way Bully even understands the limit. oh okay yeah but the, I don't think he's gonna if results start going against Potter early on I don't think Bully's gonna swing the axe um, no 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 so I think he'll be given the rest of the season they won't and they won't cut two managers in one season I wonder whether Chelsea under Potter this year with these players will still be in the top four. It looks and I like didn't a, think that before. It, for as much talent as there is in this side, and we know there is talent here, I don't think it's the right combination of talent for what Potter does well. And, and I agree. As you know, love Grand Potter. I just do not. I don't see this talent and that managerial style working. I agree. But if they give him enough rope to develop his own team, I think it could be very different. I think what. I don't think Arteta was a good appointment at Arsenal, really, but I think Arteta is slowly, emphasis on the slowly, building a team and being given time to build a team mm-hmm. at Arsenal. Potter can build a similar and better team at Chelsea. Um, so Ugh, That feels dirty. Yeah. I just wish it wasn't Chelsea. I wish it was a different team. But, uh, all right, any other thoughts on that? How about closing thoughts? Because I think we're done. Closing thoughts. Uh, looking for the looking forward to Liverpool getting back in action at some point. Um, it would be nice, you know, Premier League. Um, I'm looking forward to a few wins for Liverpool and uh, and feeling better about everything instead of having to come here every week and talk about a Napoli or a Fulham or a even Ajax. We it was like almost yeah. begrudgingly yeah. celebrating where we're just like yeah. we still saw holes. It's like well, we it's hard to get excited when. They played so poorly. Even when they get a win, you're like, yeah, but yeah. So, um, yeah, looking forward to a few weeks from now. That's my closing thoughts. So here's here's the thing to look forward to too for October one. We'll probably have Kanate back. We'll probably have I don't know about Jordan Henderson, but I know Carvalho. I mean, most of these guys are going to be fit again. So that's something to look. And gives Klopp some time to work work on things. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. I was like this. These few weeks, I know we have internationals or whatever else, and some of our players are not going to internationals. Mm-hmm. Club can 
reaffirm his game plan with them, get them under a tight regime. Um, a German under a regime. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, basically, like, I just want them to be the team that we know them to be, gel well together, and just start performing. And the good old, if you can't support us win or lose or draw, don't support us when we win, keeps coming in my mind because I see so many people saying clop out sometimes on oh, Twitter and whatever else. And no. Form is temporary, people. Form is temporary. Yes. Class is permanent. And you know what? If Klopp comes out October 1 in a 4-2-3-1, that means he's listening to this podcast. <laughs> and that's all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>